It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only for the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Lord of all, to you we raise this our song, this our prayer of hopeful, joyful, grateful praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. My friend Ed Dyer reminded me of uh, why I love Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> That little book I started reading to our kids right after they were born. And in that book, A.A. Um, a. Milne puts in the mouth of Piglet, that little character, just a simple statement. Piglet noticed that though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. And I wonder what keeps us from being grateful today. And it may be that most of our unhappiness comes from unfulfilled expectations. So we have these expectations, we feel entitled and things don't go the way we think they're supposed to, and then suddenly we uh, get caught up in, in a grumpiness. Um, one writer for the New York Times said, why is it that when I go to a more expensive hotel, I'm more likely to be grumpy? It's because, in part, I want things to be right if I'm paying that amount of money. I don't want to have to, to get on the floor to plug something in. I don't want to have to be mystified by how the shower works. I just want it to work. But he said, when I, when I go to a budget hotel, I'm just happy to have an iron that works. I'm just happy about the, the waffle maker in the kitchen downstairs. Amen for the waffle maker. And we lower our expectations and... David Brooks, this writer, comes to this conclusion. He says, it's amazing how our moods and expectations are shaped by, our, by what we expect. Gratitude happens when some kindness exceeds our expectations. When it's undeserved. So that's grace. Gratitude is a sort of laughter of the heart that comes about after some surprising kindness. So as we come to the end of this journey with the Apostle Paul trying to make a difference in our world, we come to the end of the book of Acts and I just couldn't help but notice as I studied ahead some weeks ago that twice in the last two chapters, the Apostle Paul is characterized by Luke, who was his companion, as being grateful. So if you were on a ship that was sinking and you hadn't had food for 14 days, and you didn't know it yet, but when you made it to shore, you were going to be bitten by a snake. Would you be grateful? Because Paul was, and I want to show you why. Would you open your Bibles with me? Acts chapter 27, verses 33 to 38, and then one verse in Acts chapter 28, before we come singing to God's table, I want us to open His Word 27, verse 33. Let's stand together in reverence for God who has not left us without a word but speaks to us. Again, Paul is on a ship 
It says in verse 20 that they've given up all hope of being saved. In verse 29, it says they're praying for daylight. And then in verse 33, it says, Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, You've been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. And now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Literally, in the Greek, it says, You need it to be saved. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. And they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. And altogether, there were 276 of us on board, Luke writes. And when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Then 28 verse 15 The second time it says Paul gave thanks. Paul has, after the shipwreck in Malta, made his way on board another ship. Would you get on another ship right after yours wrecked? He gets on another ship, finds himself landing in Italy, in Puteoli. In verse 14 it says, There we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them. And so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming and they traveled as far as the Forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. And at the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and he was encouraged. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please, please be seated. Did Paul practice what he preached? Because you remember it, he wrote to the Thessalonians. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In all circumstances, Paul, do you really mean all? Do you mean most or some or generally? But you said all circumstances be thankful. And now Paul is on this boat and God has revealed to him that the boat is going to sink. And Paul unable to keep that to himself, shares with the others, the ship is going to sink. This is the person you don't want to be on a trip with. Ship's going down. Just wanted you to know. It's going to sink. But, he said, we're all going to be safe. Some of them decided to kill the prisoners. Paul was one of them. Julius who was the centurion in charge, kept that from happening. Others decided to make a break for it by taking the lifeboats. And Paul said, if they go, none of us will be safe. And so they cut loose the lifeboats. And they're on the ship with the guy who told them to cut loose the lifeboats while the ship is sinking. And now Paul stands up. And it's almost practical, isn't it? He says, we need to eat. Because even if we swim to shore, we could starve to death. We haven't eaten in so long. So let's eat. And don't miss... The way he says it, it reminds us so much of Luke chapter 22, verse 19, the last night of Jesus' life when he, he takes bread and breaks it and gives thanks. And Luke is sort of winking at us when he shares this because Paul's with 276 people and most of them are pagans and they don't know what it means when Paul takes bread and gives thanks and breaks it. They don't know what that means, but Luke knows Aristarchus knows. 
These are Paul's Christian companions. And it says, when he ate, then everybody else ate. And there was gratitude. And then when he finally comes into Rome, after this crazy journey, the friends who had read the book of Romans. Did you know the book of Romans had already been there before Paul gets there? He wrote the letter before he came. And the first people to read the book of Romans meet him on the road, on the way. To be clear, he gives thanks for food and for friends because both are good gifts from God. Today, if we have food, we should give thanks. We have food, we should give thanks. Today, if we have friends, we should give thanks. First, Paul gave thanks for food. Imagine not eating for 14 days. We sometimes have a hard time going 14 hours, much less 14 days. And Paul says, we got to eat. And the way he gives thanks shows that, that he understands what God has done for him. So for the early Christians, just to be clear, every time they ate, they remembered that Christ's body and blood were given for them. Not only when they had the Lord's Supper, but every time they gathered, they didn't meet unless they were willing to eat. And when they ate together, every meal was a reminder of God's goodness to them. And that's why Paul says to them, this food will save you. He means physically but we say Christ is our food. He's the, the, the body and the blood. And when we eat, we're reminded that the only way anybody is ever saved is through the grace of God, through His goodness to us. And we receive that goodness and we taste and see again that the Lord is good. And this is a beautiful symbol. But it symbolizes who we are. Sharing God's food. We're, we're like Paul saying, let's eat. Jen Wittenberg and a group of our ladies did this this week. They, with the help of our kitchen and others, they baked pies. And they took those pies to ladies who have been caught up in the human trafficking world and have not been able to escape. And they got permission through an organization called Jesus Said Love. And we baked pies for those ladies. And I want you to hear what Sally Collier, who's the head of Jesus Said Love, what she said about that in an email. She said, we got to meet new faces. They were allowed to go to a new club where these ladies work. We got to meet new faces. And the pies your women made were the first gift they received from Jesus Said Love. Just wanted to thank you so much again for organizing this. The pies spoke volumes tonight. What did the pies say For heaven's sake, what did they say? They said love. And these ladies who were working in a place where they probably don't want to work in a way that that they don't want to work, but they're caught up in this and they can't seem to escape. And we've been praying for them at 10, 10, 10. And now now we send pies to them, which is almost one of our first contacts with them. And Sally said some of them took their pie. Each one got their own pie. And ran to her locker and put it inside so that it would be safe. But others said, give me a fork. I'm not going to wait. Because I don't know if it will be here. And so they ate. And it brought them joy to know that somebody loved, somebody who knew about them but didn't know them loved them. Because it might be hard for them to believe. And maybe it's hard for some of us to come to this table today because we know what we've done this week. 
We know what we've done this year. And we may think, I'm not qualified to come to this table. Who am I to come to this table? And in a way, what Paul was saying to the Christians and the pagans on the boat is, you're all welcome here. You can all receive this meal. And you can eat this meal, but I'm guessing you're going to eat another meal right after this somewhere. And here's what I want to say to you. is, As Eddie says, sprinkle the Gospel. Recently, we went to Chewy's as is our custom on Thursday nights. And the only good reason I, I can think of to go to, to Chewy's is because of the creamy jalapeno ranch. You might have a different reason, but that's the only reason I go. And we get there and I remembered Eddie saying, and our waitress came to serve us and Before we prayed, we said, so we're about to pray for us, but there might be something you need. And her eyes were just filled with wonder, and she said, I need to go back to college. I want to complete my degree. Would you pray for that for me? And it gave us just a chance to pray with her and for her and to remind our city everywhere you go today. Look, you're saying, I, you know, Pastor, I just can't pray in public in front of people. Paul was on a sinking ship for heaven's sake. And he said, let's give thanks for this food because God is the God who saves. And maybe every time we eat, what we're saying to the people around us who watch us pray is they believe that God is the God who provides food. They believe that God is the God who saves. Maybe at your family gathering, maybe as you invite friends to your table this week, you'll have a chance by saying thank you to realize again, the audience is watching. The people on the ship were watching and then they were encouraged to eat. And maybe when you and I give thanks to God, others who are watching will say, I need that God too. How do I get that God in my life? The second reason he gave thanks was when they finally landed in Puteoli, they got on the Appian Way. We had a chance when we were in Rome this week. I said to my driver, he was mystified that we cared, but I said, take us to the Appian Way. I want to go back to that ancient road. I knew it was still there, the road that Paul walked on. I think we've got a picture of it. And Melanie and Casey and I stood on that road and those ancient basalt stones, those big stones you see there, those are the very stones that Paul walked on when he was coming up on that journey about 120 miles from Puteoli up to Rome. And here's the amazing thing. The book of Romans has already gotten to the people. And the first Christians he meets there in Puteoli, he didn't start that church, but somebody did. And they send word to Rome. And by the time he gets 40 miles south of Rome in the Appian Forum, then people meet him there. Christians. Paul had friends in Rome. He'd never been there, but he had friends there. Priscilla and Aquila were there. You read about it. There's a long list of them in Romans chapter 16. Brothers and sisters, women who work very hard for the Lord. He says, men, uh, uh, a man and a woman he calls apostles, outstanding among the apostles. And he's got all these fellow Christians and they came 40 miles. Can I just ask you, do you have any friends that you would walk 40 miles to see? And if they did, wouldn't it make you smile? 30 miles, the next stop, the three taverns. I asked our driver, can you take us to the three taverns? He looked at me a little surprised. He said, I don't know where that is. But I just wanted to go to those places where Paul found the people 
who loved him. And this week, Joshua and I went to a convention and some of you were there and I ran into Lydia who's studying for the ministry and, and Shannon Rutherford was there and, and Sean Shannon was there and I, I sat beside my friend Todd Still, the dean of Truett Seminary, and we listened to Cleophas LaRue preach the gospel from Acts chapter 17 about Paul's ministry in Athens. And I was just reminded that there are some people in this world that I only see once a year. Wesley Shotwell, my sophomore roommate from college. I had the Lord's Supper with him a year ago and I saw him again this week. And we just pick up where we leave off. We don't agree on everything in the business of the convention. But we sit there beside each other and we love each other. And I smile when I see Wesley. And I smile when I see you because you are my people. And like Paul, I want to give life to you through the Word, but every day you give life to me, praying for me and sharing in this work of ministry. So if you don't have any other reason to be thankful today, give thanks for this food. Give thanks for these friends. Because in truth, Christ is the food we eat and He is available to all who will receive. And Christ is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. You never had a friend like Him who loves you no matter what. And in view of all that He has done, I want to invite you to come to this table, to come to the center up in the balcony, go to the center, come to the center here, get to the table that's closest to you. Make a, a circle move to the center and make a lap around. Get the, get the cup, get the bread, take them with you. But know that this is a day when we are singing. Lee Eklov has a, a book called A Feast for Sinners. This is what he says about the Lord's Supper. This table is different. This table of the Lord isn't where sinners find Christ, but where sinners celebrate being found. Isn't it good to be found? Zena got loose this week, and we had no idea how we were going to find her, and a little girl in our neighborhood took her in her backyard and gave her a bath, and, and then I, I found out she was there because I ran into the right guy at the right time, and Zena was glad to be found. If you're glad to be found today, maybe some morning, maybe this morning, instead of solemnly passing trays, we should dance for joy. Maybe we should sing every born-again song we know. Maybe we should tell our homecoming stories and laugh like people who no longer fear death. Thank you, Pat, for that testimony. Maybe we should ask if anyone wants seconds and hold our little cups high to toast lost sisters found and dead brothers alive. How would you come to the table if that were your story? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, that is your story. That's my story. Let's notify our faces. Let's sing like we mean it. Let's come jubilantly to the Lord who says, taste and see and find out that I am good. Let's stand together as we sing. Our instrumentalists will come. We will worship Him. Deacons, come and join us. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread and the cup and He said, this is My body which is for you. This is My blood which is shed for you. Don't, don't eat and drink immediately. Take it with you. We're all going to eat and drink together. The feast of those who have been saved. Let's sing to the Lord.
as you come. Start at the front now, if you will. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul.